Is everybody ready? Everybody's working for the weekend. It's Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. It's Friday. I'm in love. Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Great job by Austin right there on uh, Sounds of the Week, brought to you by Action Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. They're looking for skilled HVAC technicians, plumbers, and electricians to join the Action Superhero Team. Paid training, health, dental benefits, and a 401k match. Call today and join the Action Plumbing Superhero Team, 801 833-3333. Gordon, let's uh, jump out to the Sprint special guest line to get a little preview of the California Bears. Joining us now, color analyst for the Cal Broadcast. Welcome back to the big show. He is Mike Pulaski here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Mike, how the heck are you? I'm doing great. I'm actually driving through Husky country right now up here in Washington, so doing well. Better watch yourself up there, Mike, you know. Don't don't, don't wear that (laughs) Bears stuff. Yeah, I, I, exactly. You can't you can't put it out up here, but they're okay. They're pretty nice. Everybody's doing their own thing. They're chilling. It's summertime. Well, Mike, treetop it for us a little bit. What is expected out of the Bears this year? What are they bringing back? Well, obviously, defense is the big thing for them. Got ranked as one of the top defenses in the pack, so and they're going to be one of the top defenses in the country. You bring back a you know, linebacker star like Evan Weaver, uh, preseason All American. You bring back a, a, an entire defensive backfield. Uh, four guys that are all starters, and really, they're six deep at starter in that defensive backfield. And the Bears, you know, with Luke Beckett up front and Kevin Paul up front, if they can add just a little bit more pass rush, they can be an absolute shutdown defense. Uh, so they'll be really good on defense. But the, the question is obviously going to be offense. Uh, Cal has historically been a great offensive team, but they have not been able to muster any offense yet uh, under Coach Justin Wilcox. And so. They'll have to find something, have to find some chemistry on that offensive side of the ball, uh, just enough to support that great defense. How did Wilcox do that? Did he always have a defensive mindset, and was that his emphasis? He wanted to build that first and go from there? Yeah, I mean, he's a defensive guy by nature. He came in as a linebacker's coach at Cal, became a defensive coordinator up at Boise State, obviously Washington, SC, Wisconsin. He's a defensive guy by nature, uh, and so that's how he thinks schematically. But Defensive coaches are different than offensive coaches in the fact that they, they, offensive coaches tend to try to build both sides first. Defensive coaches almost always build defense first. And so Justin's done a fantastic job of putting together not just a great defensive team, but an incredible defensive staff. You think about it, Tim DeRuiter up there, uh, yeah, you got Sermon, you have some great coaches all the way through. And so he's, he's built a great staff on defense. The offensive staff now has to step up and they have to start making a name for themselves. They have to find some guys. Uh, who can work within their system and make something happen. As a former uh, quarterback, does that stick in your craw a little bit? Well, as a former Cal guy, I, you know, I played at Cal. I'm a quarterback at Cal. There's a long history of quarterbacks at Cal. Offense has always been a big part of Cal football. And so I'm not used to seeing Cal teams that don't have great offense. That said, defense wins championships, and I'll be the first to admit it. And so Justin has built a team that can compete on the national level with the incredible defense they have. If they just get enough offense to support them, the team can go a long way. 
Tell us a little bit about the uh, the quarterback spot. Um, is is expected to be Garbers, or are they expecting uh, you know some more dynamic play there? Tell us a little bit about that position. Well, it's interesting. So not only did I play quarterback, obviously I played 11 years of pro football, uh, went on to coach quarterbacks. I coach youth quarterbacks all the time. And so it's really a specialty of mine, watching guys develop, watching them throw. And, and I'm working on a, a new website now called EliteAthletesTV.com where we train young athletes. And so, so much of the game is mental. Chase Garber has all the tools you could want for a quarterback. Physically, he, he is uh, gifted. He can throw the ball. He can run. He can do everything you need. But mentally, he needs to get your point where he is not just understanding the game, but he's comfortable with the reads he's making and he's reacting and throwing on time. I think Chase was making the reads. I just think he wasn't comfortable. He didn't have the confidence in it. And so what he has to do is build that confidence to make the throws. Justin came out after spring ball and said, Chase is our guy. He's our starter going into the fall. And so he has the position. It's his to lose. He just has to get comfortable get confident enough to make it happen. You know, I've always looked at Cal as being a spot that, I mean, it was such a great school. And you got that big old stadium there now, renovated and whatnot. It, it, it seems like it should be a power in football, shouldn't it, Mike? It definitely should be. It's, the issue is that it's a, a great academic institution as well as an athletic institution. And so the requirements in the classroom are as difficult as the requirements on the football field. So it takes a special kind of guy to thrive at Cal. And, and there's an old saying around the university that you have to bring in Cal guys. That's really true. And I think Justin Wilcox has his finger on what kind of guys those are. And so if you have a coach who understands what a Cal guy is, who knows how to recruit those guys, it is a place that you can be eminently successful year after year because you're dealing with intelligent athletes that are motivated, that, do well in the classroom and on the football field. You don't have as many off-field issues. And so you can have a really quality program there as long as you're recruiting the right kind of guy and you're playing the right kind of football. So, Mike, I'm going to tread on the dangerous territory here and ask you, what's the difference between a Cal guy and a Stanford guy? Well, obviously the Cal guys are smarter. I mean, let's see, <laughs> first and foremost, Cal guys are smarter. No, Stanford guys are smart, too. The difference is, at Stanford, right before the final, if you decide you're not doing well in the class, you can drop it 10 minutes before the end of the semester. At Cal, once you're in for three weeks, you're in, baby. So you better hold on. You better strap it up because you got to fit through that class. But both great academic universities, um, you know, and Stanford, obviously, great private university, great football club. I, I love uh, what they've done down there. I just, it just it, Stanford's football, tough man's football, running the football, you know, running the ball hard playing defense, you know, Shaw has done a fantastic job with the program. So I love to see both thrive, to be honest with you. Mike Pulaski with us, color analyst for the Cal Broadcast here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And just kind of looking at the whole league this year, Mike, it, it seems like the North is stronger and it has more better teams. And Cal last year finished 7-6 and six overall, 4-5 and five in league. Is it possible that we see the Bears really take a step forward but not necessarily see it in the record? Well, I think they've taken a step forward every year under Justin. And so I think they will once again take a step forward. They, they, again, it'll all depend on if the offense can help support that defense. If you keep that defense off the field, defense did a great job getting the ball back to the offense last year. Uh, defense did a great job shutting people down and actually scoring. You know, they beat Washington by scoring a defensive touchdown. And so 
they should take a step forward. The offense should mature. It's been three years now. They've got guys in place who should understand the system, so they should get better. Uh, Washington is very good. I think Washington State is a team that everybody always sleeps on, and if you underestimate Michael Leach, you're making a huge mistake because he is one of the greatest coaches in the country. So, yes, they could get better and still have the same record or still be in the same spot in the North, but I think they'll step up this year in the North. I think they'll be better rankings-wise, but the North is going to be the power in the Pac-12 again, which is surprising because when it became the Pac-12, everybody always said, oh, the South is going to be so great. You've got SC, UCLA, Arizona State, all those schools down there. But the North has really come along and really grown into a solid uh, division in the conference. You know, Mike, that game on October 26th at Rice-Eccles between Cal and Utah will be fascinating considering both of these teams are going to have fantastic defenses with offenses that are being rejuvenated or reworked. And in the case of the Utes, they've got some veterans over there. Man, that that sounds like a, a physical tough contest. Uh, yeah, it will be. And I love what Kyle has done with Utah. I really respect him as a coach. I, I also think he's one of those guys around the country who gets way underrated as a coach. He builds culture. I talked about our new website, EliteAthletesTV.com. And, and when you talk about building chemistry and building culture, that's the number one thing you have to do. Kyle does a fantastic job of building culture. And I think that's what they're trying to do at Cal right now. Justin is trying to build that culture. And we have two teams that are based on defense, that come in with that mindset, that have the team-first mentality. It always makes for great football. Now, that said, I would love to see offense. It's still the Pac-12. So I'd like to see some points on the board. Uh, but both teams have the opportunity to make some noise this year, and both come in a little bit underrated to start the season just based on the offensive questions. Mike, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much for a few minutes, and uh, I think I speak for all of us when I say football season couldn't get here quick enough. Oh, it's coming. It's coming. I can't wait. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks, Mike. Mike Pulaski, color analyst for the Cal Broadcast and uh, our go-to guy when it comes to Cal football. Always fun to have him on the show. Yeah, former quarterback who I'm telling you, I know Justin Wilcox has done a terrific job at the defensive side. But a quarterback watching an offense that he thinks is, uh, let's just say, the engine parts aren't all coming together in the right way, that must be frustrating for him. Well, you know what Cal did when they made the, the coaching switch from uh, from Sonny Dykes to Wilcox is they went to the complete other end of the <laughs> spectrum, you know? And it'll be interesting to see if it eventually works out for the Bears and they get back to where – I because I'm totally with you. I think that's an underachieving program that could really – be really really good if they got all their ducks in a row. I've always thought that even when I was working in LA and I had some occasion to go up there and examine what that school was and I just thought to myself holy cow shouldn't this school be kicking butt well and you asked uh, Mike about the difference between Cal and Stanford well the truth is one school really lowers its academic standards for athletes and one school doesn't (laughs) so the school that does uh, they should be getting some players up there. and, and But uh, I'll tell you what, the athletic department has run so poorly, you know, when it comes to cash and that sort of thing, they're really strapped. So maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, that's always a big topic around college football. It's interesting. It was interesting to hear Mike talk about Mike Leach and uh, all the respect he has for him as a coach. And you talk about I, – I couldn't agree more with that. I think Mike Leach is one of the great coaches in this country. 
and I know you have your problems with the way he he tricks up his offense and whatnot. I don't have problems with it. I'm just describing to you what he does. Yeah, but you make it sound like other schools should not follow suit, that they should just, especially the power schools, the really good schools don't need to do those things. I think if Mike Leach was coaching at USC, I mean, it would be a nightmare for various other opponents. I'm not so sure, but... Anyway, Mike Mike was very complimentary of Mike Leach. And I, I well, he's a great agree. coach. Quit painting me into the corner where I don't think he's a great coach. I don't know if he'd be what he is at a big school. Why not? Oh, if I he can do it at Washington State, why can't he do it at USC? Because he wouldn't need to do it at USC. But he could do it. And would it be as effective as Why USC? wouldn't it be? Why hasn't he gone to one he's of those got, schools? He's got better athletes on the whole. He's got a bigger recruiting base. I mean, if you have better athletes and your system works, then why wouldn't it work? Sometimes it's not that simple. I mean, I'll I'll give you the example of Paul Johnson, because I was really interested to see what would happen when he had so much success at Navy running that triple option. I really wondered how it was going to be at Georgia Tech. When you go to a big-time school and have big-time athletes and all that, would it be even more effective? And it was all right. So by your logic, why wouldn't it have just run roughshod over everybody? Because I think that Mike Leach could recruit great quarterbacks at a place like SC. And those wide receivers, are you kidding me? I mean, his offense would be stellar at a place like that. Why wasn't Paul Johnson's? Why wasn't it the same thing? Because the triple option is a limited thing. That it is, is not. It's, it's antiquated. A, it, come on, it's a gimmicky offense that levels the playing field, just like what Mike Leach does. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Sonny Dykes ran the same offense Mike Leach does. Uh, and why didn't? Why wasn't it as because, prolific in Cal? Because Sonny's not Mike. All right. Sonny was pretty good at, uh, what's his call, before he went there. <laughs> Where was he? He wasn't at San Jose State. That was McIntyre. Where was Sonny was at? Uh, Sonny, Sonny. Where was he? It wasn't Tulane, was it? It was it like one of those. Don't ask a question. You don't know I know. I shouldn't. To. I should look it up. But anyway, we could argue about this for hours, I suppose. We're live here at the warehouse. Stay tuned. Who's right and who's wrong here? I find this a fascinating discussion. Uh, I mean... Well, I'm right. No, no, I mean, but I don't, that doesn't I don't, mean I don't that you're going to get I don't less think support. You, I don't think you are right. So, so I'm, I'd be curious to hear what other people think about this particular issue. Well, why isn't Mike Leach the coach of USC right now, then? Because somebody else is. I mean, why didn't they hire him, Gordon? Thank you. Somebody else is. Thank you for that news alert. Why didn't they hire a lot of guys? Why didn't Texas hire Mike Leach while he was at Texas Tech? I don't know because he's not a Longhorn. I don't know. These guys all have their reasons. Why is he still up on the Palouse then? He's been there plenty of time. I don't know the answer to that question. Mm. Uh, in, in fact, if I were running an athletic department at a major university, that guy would be on my list. USC has had more than one opportunity to back up the Brinks truck to Mike USC Lee. is uh, – you've got to understand the way it works down there. I mean, there's all kinds of politics. All kinds. All right. Well, why isn't he at one of the other dozen blue chip programs then? I I don't know. Maybe he's been offered. I, I I'm not sure. 
I, I don't know the answer to that. All right, we're live at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. Uh, Tom has all sorts of great deals going on right now, especially on the adjustable beds. He's got uh, some California King adjustable beds that are uh, absolutely incredibly priced, uh, lower than anywhere else you're going to find. In fact, if you find what you think is a, is a great deal out there, do yourself a favor, bring it here to Tom at the warehouse, show him the deal. Take a picture of it, show it to him, and he's going to beat it. And he's not only going to beat it, but he's going to beat it by a lot. Gordon, you said it uh, earlier in the show. There's a reason that uh, the Zone staff brings all their family and comes it's here true. all the time. It's true. We just had our sales manager walk out of here with an adjustable base. So, I mean, trust me, uh, trust us. My uh, Tom is the real deal. Come check out these deals at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. And it's not just adjustable beds. Gordon, we're sitting by a beautiful couch, all sorts of couches, furniture. It's all right here at the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. I'm going to make a proclamation to the world, and you can hang it up in your living room. You can frame this proclamation, Yak. I've got an all-time proclamation I'm willing to make based on potential. Are you ready? I'm ready. The Conley-Mitchell tandem has an opportunity to be the best backcourt in jazz history. Oh, Stockton and Hornacek, move over. Yes, the two of them, best backcourt combo in Utah jazz history. Catch DJ and PK more. Mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This You Into Golf 2019 Open Update is brought to you by Zions Bank, Hoops Vision, Siegfried and Jensen, and Barbecue Pit Stop on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, live from the warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Still have some jazz gear here for you while it lasts. It's going pretty quick, actually. So I would recommend that our listeners get down here and, of course, uh, check out these great deals. Deals so low or deals so good, it'll blow your mind down here at the warehouse. And if you mentioned uh, Gordon Monson and Jake Scott or the Big Show, Tom's going to knock an additional 20% off. So pays to know us, Gordon. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's nice. That's nice because, you know, I don't know whether it always does pay to know us. Well, at the warehouse, it certainly does. What do you mean by that? I don't know. I don't know. Different strokes for different folks. I I don't know whether we... Do you think... I? You know what? I'm going to do a little experiment. I'm going to drop... I'm going to go around town for a week. And and any place I go that requires, you know, like a service place or a restaurant or or something like that, I'm going to drop your name and I'm going to see what kind of reaction I get. Okay. You're like, hey, hey, hey. I can imagine, I know Gordon Monson. I can imagine that it would be rather varied. You think I'd get some people who'd say, nope, no sale. Yep. <laughs> and then maybe some people who'd be like, well, take it for free. Uh, well, I don't know about that, but uh, I think it would be mixed. Maybe I'll do it. I'll see how it goes. Okay, let me know. All right, let's talk a little bit about the Open Championship going on right now. Joining us, of course, from Real Golf Radio. Catch him tomorrow morning and every Saturday morning. He's our good friend, Bob Casper. Hi, Bobby. Hey, boys. How you doing? Hey, some, there's some great stuff happening, not only in the Open Championship, but um, the U.S. Junior Amateur Championship. Preston Summerhays, who just won the state am last week 
and also won the State Am a year ago. So he's defending champion of the State Am here in Utah. He is now in the finals and of the U.S. Junior Amateur, and, uh, and so he plays 36 holes tomorrow. So back-to-back, he could win two um, nice amateur events. So uh, just, I just wanted to give a shout-out to, uh, to Preston Summerhays. That's, that's awesome. He's playing some great golf. Geez, Bob, between he and uh, Tony Finau, everything's coming up Utah golf these days. Well, it's, you know, it's starting to. Tony's played some great golf the first two days. Um, the, the, the thing that has hurt him is, uh, especially today, was coming down the stretch was a couple of shots he hit. He hit it right, short and right on the, the 16th hole, and then he, hit, he drove it in the, in the rough right on the 18th hole, and it cost him both of those cost him bogeys, or else he would have been at six under par and um, would have been tied for fifth. But, um, but Tony, you know, uh, last year, he was right in the mix every every round at Carnoustie in the Open Championship, and I think I think this is going to bode well for him this week. He's going to be he's going to be close and have a chance. Bob, this seems like a golf course, like most golf great golf courses, where if you don't study it, if you don't if you don't have a pretty solid knowledge about where to put the ball and where to avoid putting the ball, you're going to be in trouble. Yeah, and you know, and and to go right along with that, Gordon. Um, Brooks Kepka, his caddy, um, who he got on the European tour, um, his caddy has played 1,500 rounds of golf on this golf course because he's from Port Rush. So somebody asked Brooks, so how, how invaluable is that to you? And he goes, you know what? He said, I asked him where to hit it on this whole bay, and, and, and he tells me, and, I, and that's where I hit it. That's a huge thing, to be able to have a caddy on the bag that knows a golf course that well and can, and can direct you around the, uh, around the golf course. So, yes, absolutely. The guys that are playing the best golf on this golf course have played it before or have some type of uh, a game plan or, like in Kepka's case, uh, he has the caddy that can, that can help get him around the golf course um, to be able to uh, contend and have a good chance to win. Bob, uh, Jordan Spieth's caddy must know a little bit about the golf course, too, because, uh, well, uh, there was somebody who said that he might have a good chance at this tournament, but there was a golf expert that we had on the show who said, oh, that's ridiculous. Uh, he, has, <laughs> he has no chance. I'm just kidding you. But, man, he, he does seem to be putting it together a little bit here. Yeah, he, he shot a great round of four under par today. And... Um, one under par yesterday. I, I think he feels like he gave, he left some shots out there. He missed a putt on the eight on the sixteenth hole, seventeenth hole, sorry, from about twelve feet uh, for birdie, and he missed a putt on the eighteenth hole from about fifteen to eighteen feet for birdie. Uh, otherwise, he would have been you know tied for third at seven under par. But um, what Jordan Spieth does really well is his short game and his putting. And he's starting to make mid-range putts again. His putting's starting to come around. And when as that comes around, he drives the ball better and, he, and he's able to score better. He said the thing that's kind of hurt him was his driver in the first two rounds, is, is especially, or else uh, he would have been a lot lower. Bob, I know the, uh, the cut was at one over, uh, but how far back is too far back for some of these players to catch J.B. Holmes? Well, you know, uh, J.B. Holmes and Shane Lowry, both at eight under par, those guys, I, you know, I think, I think guys are going to have to be somewhere around uh, one or two under par range. Uh, anybody under par, I think, has an opportunity. But those guys are going to have to go out and shoot a really good score in the morning, kind of a score like Rory McIlroy shot 
of seven on the par today. And even though, you know, even though he uh, he missed the cut, um, he, what a what a great round of golf. Pressure was off of him, and he went out and uh, and he played extremely well. I, I'll bet he's kicking himself in, for missing that short putt yesterday on the par three on the 16th hole. But yeah, those guys are going to have to shoot something special tomorrow. You know, five, six, seven under par to get back in the mix and then do it again to be able to have a chance to win. This sounds counterintuitive, or, or at least counter to what we've already talked about as far as knowledge of the golf course goes. But how much of a role does luck play in a major like this? Well, more so in, in a British Open championship, Gordon. Um, you know, it's, a lot of it is, is bouncing the ball around, that kind of thing off of tees and you know you'll see guys hit shots into greens that look like they're going to miss the green but there's a big slope on one side or the other and the ball comes careening off of that slope and down onto the green and giving themselves a pretty good chance for a birdie and stuff like that so there's a lot of bouncy um, things that go on in uh, open championship golf and link style golf so a little bit more luck um, and less uh, in like a, uh, a U.S. Open or, or a PGA Championship or a Masters because you have to be more precise. Bob Casper here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What does the weather look like over the weekend, Bob? Is it going to be windy? I, I, you know, I don't, I don't see. The forecast is not for wind. Uh, the forecast is to, for it to be right around the same, you know, um, maybe 10 to 12 to 15 miles an hour. Uh, it's not going to get up to 20 or 30 which is where, you know, scores really soar. Um, and, and it's supposed to be nice the next couple of days. Maybe, you know, some intermittent showers or something like that, but nothing that's going to that's gonna cause a lot of guys to have a lot of problems. You know, the thing about this golf course is you've got to get yourself around it. You've got to hit it in the fairway. And if you don't, you're going to get in that big, long, fescue rough and that kind of thing. And that's what causes you to make big numbers. Bob Tiger said he was just happy to go home. Uh, it didn't go his way, and he said physically he just can't handle it. Well, and, and the reason he can't is, okay, so think about it. He's played four majors this year so far. Um, even go back to the Tour Championship. It was in Atlanta last year. The temperature was about 80 degrees. Nice and supple as far as his back is concerned. The Masters, perfect weather, nice and sunny back nice and supple, okay? Then you get to the PGA Championship and you get to um, the U.S. Open. You're playing cooler weather, cooler climate, and now the British Open, same thing. Um, so it's, it's tough on him uh, with, with his fused back, um, that kind of thing. It's tough on him to play in cooler climates. And, uh, you know, he's been traveling around the, around the world. Um, he was with his mom in, in Thailand. Uh, and so... After, after the U.S. Open. And so, um, yeah, I think he's probably a little bit tired. He's not playing next week in the WGC champion or a, a WGC event, which is guaranteed money. Um, he's not playing the following week in Greensboro. And then, uh, and then we start the playoffs. So uh, he's going he's gonna to go home and rest and get ready for the playoffs. Bob, one last thing for me is, you know, I always am heartened by good friends doing good things for one another. And when we had BT on and he was giving his report of the Open Championship, he recounted for us the story of how he was on the bag for your dad at the right. Masters one year. 
And something tells me that Bob Casper may have had a big influence on <laughs> making that happen. And I, I'm sure that uh, the Brian has talked to you about what that meant for him. But when he told that story yesterday, I think Jake and I both, uh, it, it was one of the more meaningful things in, uh, any, that's ever happened to him. So I just wanted to pass that along to you. It's, uh, it was, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I, he he, uh, he often in conversations with people and stuff like that. He he doesn't know how he was the one that was that was going to be put on, that was going to be the caddy for that week. And and as we talked about, uh, I think yesterday, um, you know, my my nephews and nieces were the ones that talked my dad into into playing. And the only way Brian was going to be at the Masters the year before and that year was that he was going to take the caddy badge and that would allow him to get on the grounds and stuff like that. And that way we could be doing the show and reporting and that kind of thing. It was before we were officially credentialed with Augusta National. And it just so happened that they talked my dad into planning and Brian had the caddy badge. So Brian got the caddy. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's how it all transpired. Bob, you are the best. We'll all be tuning in tomorrow morning for, uh, of course, a major edition of Real Golf Radio. Thanks, buddy. It's going to be a good one, guys. You need all you all you guys out there. You need to listen. It's going to be a great show. All right. Thanks, Bob. Bob Casper, Real Golf Radio, every single Saturday morning, right here on ninety-seven five and twelve eighty The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Those guys do terrific work. Oh yeah, some guys are just meant to do certain things. And Bob Casper, and I said about BT, too, they were meant to talk about golf. That's true. And they do a great show. So make sure and uh, check that out. Coming up next, the Not Sports Report. We're live here at the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Come by and join, uh, join us. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. We also have some more jazz gear to give away as well. So come on by and see us. More big shows straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Three, two, one, one, one. The countdown is back on the Zone Sports Network. It's the fifth annual college football top 60 and 60. As we count you down to the start of the college football season. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty will announce another selection. I see the one, Bob. Leading up to the start of the 2019 season. As voted on by the local media and you the fans. It's the top 60 and 60. Presented by Cypress Credit Union, the Southtown Auto Mall, and Master Electrical Service. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It is time... For the Not Sports Report, brought to you each and every day by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Well, check me if I'm wrong on this, uh, Jake uh, and Austin, if you have a thought on it. Occasionally, the Not Sports Report can get a little, I don't know, a little sad. A little, no. dis- a little disastrous at times. No, you're too hard uh, on yourself. Uh, yeah, uh, just a, a a bit of a bummer. Mm-hmm. Am I reading that right? Four yeah, out of five it, times, it, but not it all. It happens often. Yeah. Well, today, good news. Okay. 
today, it's all feel good. All feel good. Anybody that doesn't feel good about a story like this, then check yourself. That's a broad brush. A, uh, this story comes out of Iowa. A fellow by the name of Dale Schroeder was a poor kid growing up. He learned to trade as a carpenter, and he worked in the same shop for 67 years before he passed away. He was frugal. A humble guy drew, d- drove a, uh, a rusty Chevy pickup. Not a lot in common with me, actually. But uh, he, he, he <laughs> No he, tuxedo he, truck, I take it. Uh, no. He never married, never had kids, and, uh, and he passed away. And he left $3 million to 33 complete strangers, kids from small towns around Iowa who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to go to college for them to be able to get a secondary education. That is spectacular. That is that is uh, a human being the best a human can be. Austin, uh, just a little observation here, but did you notice that uh, Gordon's extremely uplifting story still involves a dead guy? <laughs> <laughs> now that you mentioned it, yeah. Couldn't get away from that, huh? You know, that's a nice story, but there's still somebody dying in the well, story. Yeah, but he died a, long, he died a while ago. But he, Dale left $3 million. He, this isn't a guy who lived extravagantly or could live extravagantly. I guess toward the end he could have. Because he was so frugal, he saved his money. Oh, and I got to talk about a dog dying. And what did he do with it? He gives it to complete strangers so they can get an education. If that's not a feel-good story, then you guys have, have grown numb. Okay. It's, See, when it's, you come out of those up-tempo numbers, man, it's impossible to make those transitions. And then you got to go into somebody dying. First of all, the fact that you worked for 67 years as a carpenter doing the same work over and over again, that kind of resolve is in and of itself worth a compliment. And then what does he do? He doesn't spend it on himself. He doesn't spend it frivolously. He doesn't go out and buy a nice car. He doesn't go out and, and, and buy, buy a mansion. He saves it, pockets it, and then gives it away. I have a nice for, car. For a good cause. All right. but Dale, is- here's one for you, man. But is Dale still drawing breath? No, but he's uh, he's lived a long, a good long life. Also, Dale uh, looks like sounds like a lonely life. Well, I, I, I can't comment on that. All I know is he didn't ever get married. That might go a long ways toward explaining why he was able to save so much money. Really? Wow! <laughs> that's that's where we're going. I mean, because, you know, kids are expensive and everything. Yeah, we got that. I think we picked that up. $3 million just issued out to 33 strangers. Would you do the same thing? Uh, uh, I would if I were single and, uh, and didn't have kids. I think you could still do the same thing. You think? Well, I'll think about it then. But I, I would great- swear... My my uh, my fortune 
<laughs> I, uh, I, I take great inspiration from Dale. I think all of us. I bet Tom does this. I mean, there's a lot of good people out there who work hard and make a little bit of money. Now, this guy was a carpenter. It didn't start with a lot of money. He built it up over time. He said dollar saved is a dollar earned, and he saved it all, and he gave it away. And he didn't give it away, you know, by, you know, sending people on vacations to, to uh, you know, to the Maldives, whatever. Is that your next vacation? Uh, I've always wanted to go there. But anyway, he gave it to strangers so that these kids could get educations. I, I, you guys cannot run this story down. If you really brought the check out and was right there in front of me and you had to put in the number, I would say... That's a lot of zeros. $592 million. That's what you're worth? No. That's no. what you said. No, again, you guys are distorting. Oh, it's more things. now. No, no, it's nowhere. Inflation, Jake. It's nowhere near that. But uh, I'm telling you, this is this is a story to draw inspiration from, and I hope you do, Jake. I just wish it's Dale expensive was being rich. Well, he would be like uh, 95 years old now. I just wish Dale was still with us. That's all. Okay. I think he died. I don't know when he died. I think it was like, uh, oh, a decade ago or something. If you want let's, mayhem and death and tragedy, then I'll give you that. Let's. I think what happened was all the all the kids who benefited from his largesse uh, got together and celebrated his life. That's nice. Let's put a more uplifting spin on the show, shall we? Joining us now, he I is. Ju- I, that was about as uplifting as you can get. He's our friend Tom from the warehouse, 1967 <laughs> South, 300 West, and there's nothing more uplifting, Tom, than saving money. I was moved by that story. See, I'm I'm moved so greatly and so deeply by that story. I'm going to give it away to people I don't even know. Are you? I don't know half the people who walk through that door, and I'm going to give it away. Twenty percent, I'm giving it away because you're here, knocking it right See? off the top. Twenty percent, I'm giving it. These Tom, are these are people I don't know. Tom is being inspired by Dale. By Dale, mm-hmm. we've done this a lot, but I like to do it every time you come. All of our betting, I'm going to give it away fifty percent off. What do you think, Tom? If you said to someone, if you said over the air right now, I'm going to get everybody who comes in here twenty bucks. I bet people would line up to come in here. You're saving them a lot more than 20 bucks. We have people out there who need a new bed right now. And I have a Sealy Posturepedic Premium. And I'm pointing south. There's two stores across the street. One straight south and one southwest. They're both on third west. One is $699. One is $599. The exact mattress, $299. Wow. Boom. It's that easy. It's that easy. I've got some bedroom sets. If you need a new bedroom set, I just, everybody knows we announced it. We're opening a store in Orem. It's the old Toys R Us building. We're anxiously and aggressively working on it every single day. That's a great space, by the way. I inherited it with all the racks. So we've got to get all the racks down and get them out of there. And so uh, we're, we're hoping to open the weekend of August 10th. But because of that, I have 10 truckloads sitting here in this building that are for that store. 
and I had to receive them because I bought them. And if I buy a deal, it's either buy it or lose it. I've got solid wood bedroom set. They're fourteen ninety nine, and if you can find bedroom sets, there's people that advertise them a, a bed with a dresser and a nightstand for six ninety nine. They're typically particle board with a paper laminate. If you buy nicer stuff that's solid wood, and when I mean wood, I mean a hardwood rail, a hardwood frame, nicer stuff, like this gray one right behind you. Oh, yeah, that's nice. That's real wood. It's not particle board with a paper laminate. I have a white and a gray and black bedroom set that I'll do for six ninety nine. It's marked eight ninety nine on my floor. That's half price of suggested retail, but I'll be honest, you can find it for twelve ninety nine. I'm gonna do it because we're feeling like giving it away for six hundred ninety nine dollars. You know, Tom, one thing about this whole process, people hear you say that and they think, how in the world does he do that? Well, the other guys, some of the other guys can't do what you do. They don't do what you do because you go out and hustle and work your butt off to find these deals that you can find. But it's not easy to do. And you invest the time to go there and make the deals. And then you can bring those deals back here and sell it for much less. I that explains it. That makes sense to a lot of your customers who, who wonder how in the world it's done. Yeah, th- this, is, this is honest truth, and I'm going to give a tribute to my father-in-law. Good friends with your wife's mom. They, they lived in the same neighborhood. My mother-in-law and your wife's mom were really close friends. My father-in-law, Gary, started this business, Furniture Warehouse, Road Redwood. Everybody's seen him on TV with the cowboy hat. And he taught me. I married his oldest daughter when... Uh, 35 years ago. We celebrated 35 years last month. Hey, that's great. So he taught me that the art is in the buy. Because most people can't do what we do because they can't take seven beds. They need to be able to have seven beds that I can reorder, 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 reorder. So this is important for our listeners to understand. If you want a deal and I tell you about a deal, you need to come and buy it because it won't be here next week. Now, I always have a deal, but they're limited. And we can buy little deals. Like, for example, I got a phone call yesterday and I, I made them an offer. They haven't taken it. I'm hoping that I get the deal. It's a mattress deal on high-end mattresses. They have 35 mattresses. It's stuck in a warehouse in Las Vegas. They offered them to me at 50% off. I'm not interested. But at 70% off, I'll take it. But once I get the deal, if I get the deal, when they're gone, they're gone. So when I tell you I have four... California King adjustable beds, and there's only four sets, so that's eight pieces because it takes two to make a set right. for fourteen ninety nine, and I can't replace it. I'm being honest. So if you want the deal, you got to respond. You got to come take advantage. You got to respond. I, I have another little deal. This nightstand. That nightstand sells at. I can't say the, the name because I've made it a goal in my life not to say the name. But they're south on this street, and they they like to put up billboards on I fifteen. Uh-huh. That nightstand's one twenty nine. You see what it's marked? Fifty nine bucks. 
anybody who comes in, I already told you, take 20% off of 59 mm-hmm. bucks. 59 bucks. I'm half price plus because they're 129 So half of that would be 64 99 So you're already half off. I'm already half off. Take another 20% off. Mm. Got to get in and take advantage of it. That's Tom from the Warehouse, 1967 South, 300 West. Thanks, Tom. We'll have more coming up next. We'll let you hear from Nigel Williams-Goss straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. A lot of times people will ask me if you wouldn't have been a professional football player, if you wouldn't have been a radio analyst, what would you have been? I always tell them a paleontologist. I, We've done shows for a long time. You've never, ever mentioned that ever. I know. Paleontology? What? Maybe if you showed more I interest was, in the things I'm interested in. Was it just in? because of Laura Dern in Jurassic Park? Because you say that, then I'm like, okay, I got you. You know, Sam Neill was never right for her. Now, Dr. Hans. Dr. Hans. <laughs> Girl, nature always finds a way. I don't know how you guys take my dreams and just crumple them up like a piece of paper and throw it right back in my face. Oh, man. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.